Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics and trash from a feminist perspective. I'm Katie Winton and it'll just be me with you for the next half hour, uh, hour actually, and my regular co-host Isabel Hawthorben is sick today. Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land and I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people as the original custodians of the land we're broadcasting on and pay my respects to their elders. I also acknowledge the significance of Redfern as a place of strength, resistance, knowledge sharing and storytelling for many communities and would like to honour that history. Today I'll be talking to three very special guests about two exhibitions that are currently on in Sydney. Artist Thea Anamara Perkins to talk about her solo exhibition History House. Artist Iniko Sata to talk about a fourth wave feminist engaged uh, collective, art collective that she's part of called the Tomorrow Girls Troop. and curator Ali Groves, who has curated the Tomorrow Girls Troop exhibition, which is currently also on at First Draft. Uh, it's called Ashido Sugar Tai. Stick around for those interviews in about 15 minutes. First, though, Santa Sabina College is set to break with tradition next term when it joins just a handful of private schools across the city to offer pants and shorts to all female students. This week on Thoughts That Count, I'm asking you if school uniforms are sexist. What's the weirdest, most arcane uniform rule you had uh, or maybe still have to adhere to? So text me on 0409 945 945. This track, uh, first though, is taken from the Listen Compilation 3 that came out a few weeks ago, which is featuring some of the femme, gender non-conforming and LGBTQIA plus artists around Australia who are making waves in 2018. And you can buy a digital copy online now or pre-order a tape via Bandcamp. And 50% of profits uh, from the tape will be donated to War, which is uh, Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. So this song is Public Meltdown. It's called Watch Me, Watch You. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. I'm a ghost again Like every couple years I float up And enter your room for an inspection The person you're becoming And after a performance like that Like rocking up to watch me watch you You had me wanting to get up and applaud you and from that angle you look fulfilled couldn't see me looking up from the windowsill i raise my glass to you and then i pour it down inside of me and you dance on and then i'm gone but I think I summoned you there Cause when I turned my head To face the crowd I saw a nervous pair And you both watch me blankly As I begin to falter Lose my words, I'm sinking What have you told her? Ah, 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 ah. 
Like one who hides out and they find out home isn't where you think it is. Like restocking someone else's groceries, dying for a holiday, then just feeling lonely. And from this angle, it looks like you've settled. Like you're retracing every path that we peddled. I take my hat off to you. And then I pack it up and close the door. And you dance on. And then I'm gone. But I think I summoned you there. Cause when I turned my head to face the crowd, I saw a nervous pair. And you both watch me blankly as I begin to falter. Lose my words, I'm sinking. What have you told her? listening to FBI Radio. Uh, this is Agenda and it's now time for Thoughts That Count where I'm asking you if school uniforms are sexist. Santa Sabina College, which is an independent Catholic girls high school in Strathfield and also a co-ed primary school, are having a major uniform overhaul uh, that will also see the main school uniform colour change from green to black. The result is a suit. So for those who choose to wear the long trousers and a blazer and white shirt, um, girls will still have the option to wear the dress if they'd like to. Um, But what I find interesting about this and also maybe frustrating about this news is that boys don't have the option to wear the dress or the skirt. Um, So what's the weirdest or most arcane uniform rule you had or still have to adhere to? I don't know. I kind of personally from high school remember having to wear like ribbons covering my hair ties so that I had to have like a white or green or blue ribbon that was um, in a kind of accordance with my school uniform colours that covered up like a brown hair tie or something like that. I also remember having to wear a hat all the time um, and having to like, one of the rules was not 
being allowed to have your hands in your pockets. Oh, and also um, girls weren't allowed to eat, be seen eating. I remember someone from school uh, or someone else once told me that a friend of theirs from school had to... Like someone saw them. Maybe this was Izzy actually, and she's not here, so she can't uh, confirm or deny whether it was her. But um, she said that someone got caught eating food outside of their school, like outside of school hours, and a teacher um, kind of pulled over and told them that they weren't allowed to be seen eating in public. So that's a bit off topic of uniforms, but text me with your most kind of ridiculous uniform rule that you had in high school, or maybe you still have it. 0409 945 945. Um, so I guess about this one. So the fact that Santa Sabina have brought in um, suits for young girls to wear, um, I guess in an ideal world, we'd have eradicated gendered clothing and people of all genders would be able to wear clothing that they didn't necessarily, or that didn't necessarily correlate with social constructions of gender. And maybe Western cultures are a bit behind on this one. So in American fashion, there was a big unisex trend in the 1960s and 70s, which was a pillar of second wave feminism that was kind of a baby boomer corrective to the rigid gender stereotyping of the 1950s, uh, which in itself was a reaction to the gender roles imposed on men and women alike by World War II. Um, I've been reading an article on this you know, on The Atlantic called A Brief History of Unisex Fashion that was written in 2015 by an LA-based uh, fashion historian, Kimberly Chrisman Campbell. And she writes that the second wave feminist unisex clothing movement of the 1960s and 70s in the United States may have uh, made women's clothes more masculine, but it never actually made them unfeminine. So what happened was that attempts to feminize men's appearances turned out to be particularly short-lived. So the unisex kind of... Uh, clothing movement in the 1960s and 70s meant that women were allowed to wear kind of pants and suits, but men weren't allowed to wear clothing that was kind of deemed feminine, um, which brings me back to my point about the Santa Sabina news to introduce suits for girls. So why not have skirts, dresses, pants and shorts available for all students to choose between? I'm going to leave you with that to think about. Stick around because uh, right after this, I'll be chatting to Thea Anamara Perkins about her exhibition called History House, which is currently on at First Draft Gallery in Woolloomooloo. This is the great new Jungle Pussy track. Came out a few days ago. It's called Showers. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Silly conversation. Make a silly conversation. Silly conversation. Silly conversation. I once bought a fishy she left him in a see through dishy she And I named him Purple Rain. Raindrops drizzling down my window pane. Then I got some good loving, and I thought that it would ease the pain. Scars on my body, I cutting like decorations. Chains on, took a shower on my chains on. Shower with my chains on, took a shower on my chains on. Shower with my chains on, took a shower on my chains on. 
Riding through my old hood, but I got a new weave. I've been eating tangerines all on public transit seats. Hit me for the meet and greet if you wanna run your beak. Chickens talking shit about me, they need to go and brush their teeth. Turn up the music, I did it. I'm singing so on Tangerine, and he's going to turn up the music because you're doing too much talking.
That right there was Slag Queens with Lena. Uh, before that, you had Jungle Pussy with her new track that just came out uh, a few days ago. That one was called Showers. Uh, I'm joined in the studio now by Thea Anamara Perkins, who is an R&D and Kalkadoon woman um, and friend of Agenda. Uh, so Thea, you have a beautiful exhibition called History House on at First Draft Gallery at the moment. Uh, so can you start maybe a little bit by talking about what the works in the show are about? Yeah, sure, Katie. Thank you for that. Um, well, the works are a selection of acrylic and watercolour paintings based on family archival photos. So, yeah, they they and I've sort of built them into an installation and it's sort of become the an investigation of identity I guess for myself yeah and you painted them based on like family photos that you went through what did you have like a lot of family photos to go through to find those images or yeah well it's yeah it started with the um a whole like boxes and boxes of them being um sort of yeah dredged out of storage and then through the process of looking through them I sort of like there were ones that would really like have a certain gravitas and and it, yeah, so it started with like a compulsion to kind of like interact with them and recreate them and yeah, sort of understand. And um, so in the show, you've kind of got these beautiful photographs or like paintings of photographs and they're surrounded by this big kind of wooden structure. And it kind of, for me, I guess, to look into that structure and look at your like really beautiful um, kind of intimate moments of like family images, I kind of feel like a bit of a creep, like looking into the, um, looking through the kind of house structure, I guess. So what was the, I just was interested in the um, decision-making process around building that kind of sculptural element to the show as well. Yeah, there's definitely like, and I quite like sort of cultivating a sort of um, voyeuristic almost element yeah. to it. And there's almost a nice um, interaction where you kind of like, you're looking through the side and then you'll sort of make eye contact with somebody else. Yeah. That's kind of like, and be like, <laughs> oh, like these awkward kind of moments. But um, I think I was um, interested also, um, as well as um, sort of these, um, recreating these emotional spaces and stuff was like investigating, like sort of, the tropes of portraiture and I think one of the things with um, portraiture and especially miniatures is that there's this desire to sort of like get really close to them and have really sort of like to savour them and like appreciate every brush stroke so by placing them out of reach in many respects it's sort of to resist that linear way that paintings often presented but it's also um, mimetic of memory in the way that and um, you know you can't access a certain time and place and moment it's always kind of just out of reach in many ways but yeah yeah and it's kind of that recreation of that memory through that photograph as well I often find that with my family photos as I'm looking at this image and I'm wondering if I have that memory or whether it's just been reconstructed because it's been photographed was that a process like do you remember a lot of the images that you're painting or is it kind of a reconstruction of that time or it's interesting because in many ways, like you're a kind of you're shaped by them, and you're a kind of a composite of all of these things, but they're um, unknowable. So it's interesting because they're like they're inherent to you; they're a part of you, but you can't really ever like access them. So in some ways, they're kind of really concrete in the sense that they've made you, but then they're also really kind of you know they're sort of ghosts, I guess, yeah. as well, and kind of intangible. And have the, have you had? Um 
much feedback from your family, from the people that are in the photographs um, that you've painted. Has that, what has that experience been like for those people as well? I think, um, yeah, really lovely actually. And it's nice to sort of like create that kind of, yeah, to sort of, because I think that all those memories like that, because even though they're my mem- like my sort of memories that I have ownership with, they're still like contiguous to other people kind of thing. So it's nice to see how I'm kind of interwoven with those people, you know, and for them to be like, oh, that's me. And like, you know, this time and all that kind of stuff and sort of, and for them to have their like, um, for it to mean something completely different to them, I guess, when they're looking at it. Yeah. Has it, has it sparked many conversations about those kind of stories behind the images? Yeah, totally. And sort of. It's also um, nice because they're almost like nexuses for like family events and histories and stuff like that too. So it's nice to sort of like be talking about the shared kind of things that are like surround all of those images. But which is also nice about when people when other people come to and say like, you know, like I have exactly the same photo of me and my dad in this position doing that, you know. And so it's also like becomes universal in many ways, like because people can sort of, yeah, draw emotions and feeling from it yeah yeah like they have their own kind of um I guess memories that they're they see reflected almost in that in that because there are some really beautiful image like intimate moments too like people lying on couches kind of hugging and you know like they're very kind of personal snapshots um and I was wondering also about that process and about your family photographs um kind of repainting them particularly at this moment in time, has that kind of taken on any new like political meaning or has it been, what has that kind of process been like as well? Well, I think it's always um, a political act as an Indigenous person just to exist. So by the same token to sort of like take control and represent Indigenous people and Indigenous families, especially like, you know, in this current like climate with you know the sunrise comments and stuff like that it's you know yeah it's it's a political act and it's you know very it kind of defies you know stereotypes and all and like presents a more nuanced kind of the plurality of indigenous you know families and culture yeah and it's taking charge of how we're represented yeah totally it's your, your stories that you're telling in a way um has that been difficult at all for other people to kind of, or to let people into like those very personal stories as well? I think, um, yeah, it's been interesting um, because, but I think that that's like the beauty of art though, is that it, in something so personal as in a way it's not, um, it becomes like, you know, it, you sort of put it into the form of ideas and it's like, and I love that people have their different interpretations of it and it fosters those conversations about like identity, whether they're like positive or negative, you know, and it's just, um, yeah. So people can see the exhibition um, called History House on at First Draft until the end of March and you're going to be doing an artist talk on the last Thursday of March where you're talking and you did an artist talk the other night actually for Art Month. How did that go? 
Uh, that was actually mixed up with the time. So. Oh, right. <laughs> so if you yeah. haven't heard Thea talk about her work, so this is the premiere yeah, if you can conversation. Hear it, <laughs> that in a couple of Thursdays' time, and I'll pop a link up on the Agenda Show page to where, where you can go to see Thea's really beautiful exhibition. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in to talk to me on Agenda this yeah. morning. Uh, Going to take a track now, another track from the Listen compilation. This one is by Mean Girls. <laughs> it's called Bare Hands. Uh, stick around because up next I'll be talking about the Tomorrow Girls Troupe, which is a Japanese and Korean uh, fourth wave feminist art collective that also has a uh, show happening at First Draft at the moment.
Mean Girls Just There with Bare Hands. Uh, all the music on Agenda on FBI Radio this morning has been programmed by Music New South Wales to showcase their Women in Electronic Music program. I'm joined now by Ali Groves and Inako to talk about uh, the Tomorrow Girls Troupe exhibition at the moment on at First Draft. Uh, Ali and Iniko, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank for you. Um, so maybe you can start a little bit by talking about how you actually came to work together on the show, because Iniko, you're part of the Tomorrow Girls Troupe, and Ali, you've curated the exhibition. Mm. Yeah. Well, to be honest, um, I was looking on uh, what's it called that a campaign supporting website. Oh, you know the the project about the mascot. Uh, change.org. Change.org. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it was when change.org was kind of a new thing. And for some reason, I was browsing change.org. <laughs> casually. Sounds like an interesting thing for to a do. Good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was actually browsing to see what projects were coming out of Japan because I'm a curator and I have a, um, a specialization in Japanese art. And I was just, I guess, browsing to see what the engagement from Japan was like. And I came upon this campaign that um, was listed about a overly sexualized city mascot in Japan. And it was shocking. And I definitely signed the petition. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, who's running this campaign? Because this is an issue which I see all the time looking at Japanese culture. Mm -hmm. And I'd never really heard a voice in English especially, um, sharing the message and sharing the story. And so I was able to look through the profile and find out I was run by a group called Tomorrow Girls Troop and found your website and then I was hooked. It was great. <laughs> and that was the start of yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, what? Who are the Tomorrow Girls Troop? Uh, we are the Japanese fourth wave artist feminism group and we were doing... Uh, the feminism issue in East Asian, but we are living in a very separate part of the world. Yes. So what are some of the main concerns of the Tomorrow Girls Troop? Well, the East Asian country has a very big problem about the social, socially very patri- patriarchal? Patriarchal? Pa- yes. And uh, we are always struggling with the discrimination against women and um, yes yeah and you've staged and you staged quite a few protests yes um, and also I'm um, the language of those protests is quite interesting because it you reference kind of pop culture and they're mm. all um, quite you know bright and colorful and yeah. um, some of the documentation of those protests is currently on at first draft um, right. so did was those uh, was that imagery kind of filmed from a particular protest that you've done or was that uh, something that was recreated for the exhibition um, it's all real documentation yes, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah so uh, tomorrow girls troop described the process as socially engaged art and activist art and the vocabulary from just so I'll give an Australian angle <laughs> to put it in context. Um, Japan doesn't really have the same protest culture that we do in Sydney, and we're really fortunate. Inekosan actually joined the protest at Martin Place yesterday, yes. and um, you know this kind of uh, freedom to express you know discontent. Um, we're privileged to be able to do that safely, but in Japan, um, there's a, a strong sense of um, homogeneity and togetherness, which um, 
really is a strength in Japan because it gives a lot of power and safety. But then it also means that things like change and、um, difficult conversations are rather hard to process. So, with the practice, gorilla,、uh, sorry, Tomari Girls Troop have like a really strong influence from like Gorilla Girls,、um, which I think is a really interesting thing because the situation. Um, is something that we can, as Australians,、uh, think back and see. Oh, when second wave feminism and Guerrilla Girls Troop was really like the, the focus of feminist art in a, in a Western context, the challenges they were addressing, that's the kind of vocabulary that Tomorrow Girls Troop are working with at the moment. So, in terms of understanding the position and how the protests are unfolding, It's actually it's a huge challenge. It's actually really amazing that Tomorrow Girls Troop can formulate yeah, a, a presence and then go out onto the street and actually rally in front of the Diet Building about sex crime. Sorry, what was the, what's the Diet Building?、Uh, so the equivalent of like being a Parliament House. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.、Uh, and some of those、um, protests feature a lot of like how. I guess I'm really interested in how the Tomorrow Girls troop form as well,、mm. because I, like, a lot of your work happens online or in online spaces too, and you kind of use the language of,、um, like, or use kind of comparisons between Japanese and Korean,、mm-hmm. I guess,、uh, systems of patriarchal、um, political kind of messaging.、Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do people, how do you get new members? Or how, how does that, is it, op- is it an open membership? Or? Yes,、uh, it is a not strict membership.、Mm. Uh, We are basically、um, discussion. We are doing discussion on, online, like Facebook page, because some people are living in the United States, some people are living in Tokyo, Korea, Taiwanese. So、uh, we are internet-based feminism group, and、uh, yes.、Um, and you have those conversations about. Your protest or your、um, concerns on the internet? Yes, yes.、Yeah. And the、uh, member, <clears throat> member can decide which project、uh, I want to join and I want to work with. And、uh, everybody has a different life stage. So some people cannot commit to the project sometimes. So we can follow each other and help each other. And、uh, yes, something like that. Mm. You're listening to Agenda on FBA Radio. If you've just tuned in, I'm talking、uh, about the Tomorrow Girls Troop exhibition currently happening at First Draft. I'm speaking with Ali Groves and Iniko Sata、um, to talk about some of the works that are in the exhibition and I guess the context behind those works. We'll talk a little bit more about that after this track from Holiday Sidewinder. This one's called Trash Can Love. Together. 
Sidewinder with her most recent single called Trash Can Love. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio um, in the studio talking to Inako Sata and Ali Groves about the Tomorrow Girls Troop exhibition happening at First Draft Gallery in Ullamaloo at the moment. And I guess one of the most talked about aspects of the exhibition seems to be the dictionary works that are on show. And I was wondering, uh, Inako, if you could just give a little um, bit of context to what those dictionaries are. Uh, well, uh, Kojien is a very authentic Japanese dictionary and the definition of feminism and feminist in Kojien were very wrong or bad. (laughs) (laughs) Really bad. (laughs) Really bad. Like uh, when people read the definition from Kojien, people might have uh, negative images of feminism or feminists and we thought it is a problem and we wanted to change it so we asked for the signature mm. and yes we did uh, send it and yeah it so changed. you sent a petition and it got yes. did the definition get changed yes wow and uh feminism get better like uh, the word of equality was applied in the definition but the feminists get worse actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah and ali from a curatorial perspective to include the dictionaries what was your um reasoning behind that yeah well um for me the most i guess the most impressive thing about tomorrow girls troop is what they're doing is giving people a vocabulary and uh, literally and <laughs> oh geez um, yeah so in the movement to include the word equality in the definition of feminism it just seems so 
are obvious, but also unnerving that it wasn't there. Because can you imagine how many people might have eventually found that expression? Because it's not a commonly spoken word in Japanese, to be honest. And it even sounds, can you say it, pronounce femi- feminism? Feminism. It even sounds a bit, it's kind of hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Um, and then if you can imagine if you discovered the word, but then you went to look it up and the di- dictionary definition didn't tell you that it was about equality. Where does that leave you? That's, is that the word for you? So then thinking that now uh, Tomorrow Girls Troop have included in the 2018 edition, the word equality is now present. It's actually a hugely symbolic gesture. And this idea of just giving people a vocabulary to discuss these issues seems like a really important place to start. Mm. And what has, has there been much of a response? Has there been a backlash to that inclusion or has it been? Oh, yeah, actually we should. So with the, you know, Ineko-san mentioned that the the definition of feminist hasn't uh. been too great. <laughs> so it includes a clause which roughly translates in English as a man who is soft on women. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, do you want to explain a bit about that um, one? So the old people, old generation, use the feminist as the man, uh, kind to women. Mm. And uh, our generation doesn't use that much, but the definition uh, of Kojian have that ex- explained. So, mm. and uh, I think... Ah, Oden, Oden no picnic. Ah, yes, we did the Oden picnic. Mm. So, uh, as after the definitions were released, the new edition, uh, Tomorrow Girls Troop were still dissatisfied <laughs> with the with the outcome yeah. and hosted a a soft protest. And so, do you want to explain what the Oden yes, picnic was? Yes, um, we did some picnic, and Oden is a kind of Japanese soul food, and we are eating oden and talking about new definition of kojien and we discussed about it and after the picnic we send the actual petition to the publisher so you actually got the definition of feminist changed mm. and and equality added in yeah yeah so the the project is still ongoing which is really interesting as well because uh that issue with the the feminist man being soft on women thing it just causes a lot of confusion to be honest because this is it's easily conflated with etiquette and um you know as so many young australians in particular are visiting japan and have such a really remarkable positive experience there and part of that is because japanese society is like very courteous um especially respectful of outsiders and you know there's a lot of other issues going on below the surface but as an outsider, you know, etiquette in Japan is just remarkable and quite mind-blowing mm. and I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I can't keep up. But conflating the idea of equality with some gesture of etiquette is um, quite dangerous to, to confuse the two. So the commitment to resolving this issue um, is ongoing and, yeah, Tomorrow Girls Troop is still, still working on that one. Still so. very active. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mm. um, and I guess... I was wondering also what you want Australian audiences to take away from the exhibition that's currently on at First Draft. Okay, um, I think the situation between Australia and Japan are very different, but uh, and I we are trying to change it in Japan, but we need a 
opinion or interest from the outside of Japan. So please know the, the other situation in the world mm-hmm. and uh, raise your voice online or as social, net, social networks. And it will help us very much. Mm. We'll definitely pop a few links up on our yeah. agenda show page to the Tomorrow Girls Troop. Yes. Uh, you've got a Facebook page and a website. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Instagram. a Patreon as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, we, ha- we are doing the newsletters and uh, the articles are about East Asian feminism or history in East Asian feminism and it will be very interesting mm. for you I guess so <laughs> I hope um, yeah definitely yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today um, on agenda about the Tomorrow Girls Troop show and at, at uh, First Draft thank you so much thank for having us Katie and we're just going to leave with this track by Chai it's called Neo Kawaii Neo Kawaii yeah <laughs> <laughs> why have you chosen this one um, the song is uh, about um, girls having a trouble with their looks like uh, my nose is too low or I'm too fat and uh, this song sings that we are all kawaii cute <laughs> <laughs> and accept the complex or accept the everything about your looking so this song is positive feminists in Japan thanks so much let's take a listen
an incredible track right there called Neo Kawaii, uh, chosen by uh, Iniko for the Tomorrow Girls Troop exhibition. Really amazing uh, film clip just there. I'll pop a link up to that for sure. Uh, you've been listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. I've been talking about two exhibitions currently on at First Draft Gallery, so I'll pop some links up. We had Thea Perkins on earlier in the show to talk about her beautiful painting uh, exhibition called History House. I'm going to leave you with this track by Pillow Pro. It's called Sex Appeal. Stick around for weekend lunch up next. Thank you.